this is gold. Yeah. I hope you're recording. I am. This. This is... I am now. It's it's great. What are you eating? Welcome okay. back to another episode of What Do We Know? If you hear... We're starting again. No, we're not starting again. <laughs> you hear any noise in the background, I'd like to apologize. Harry's doing his dishes during the midst of the episode because <laughs> during the quarantine, he has no other time. Just 24 <laughs> minutes into when we're supposed to be recording our podcast. <laughs> Harry, how are you today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm great. Things are fine. James, how are you? <laughs> Fantastic, bro. I'm killing it over here. <laughs> uh, it is mid-April. Uh, it's... Uh, I don't know anymore. Uh, I'm really thrilled to be back with you guys, though. I missed you guys. Missed you too, uh, Harry, what's new? Um, remember I told you I got a puzzle a while ago? Oh, I sure do. I got, another, I, got, I got another one. But this one is round, so watch out, world. <laughs> you, got, you got a round puzzle? Yeah, it's a round puzzle. I've never done anything like this before. Watch out, world. <laughs> oh, you're great. <laughs> What's going on with you? Uh, <laughs> not puzzles. I'm puzzled by the fact that oh, you decided to. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I smelled that like eight years no. in the past. <laughs> it stunk pretty bad. Oh, I'm glad. This is what fun is now. We are. Uh... As if you can't tell by the quality and the fact that we're talking over to each other, this is being recorded on MySpace Messenger, <laughs> um, <laughs> technology that hasn't been updated since the aughts. I'd like to thank our friend Tom for creating this technology. Future guest, Tom. Future guest, Tom. We got a fun one today, so here's what we're going to do, uh, and we'll talk a little more, but here's what our plan is right now. I think we're going to pivot a little bit, and uh, today's episode is going to be something that we wanted to talk about anyways with fitness, but I think it's going to be a little bit more geared toward fitness during the pandemic. Uh, what we can do at home, you know, stay active and busy. Uh, I have not been. Let me make that <laughs> I've been awful. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, from the start of the year, I dropped about 15 pounds. Hey! Um, wow, nice. I had, I had. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like from January one to March, whenever March ended, I think it was like the 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 twelfth ish, uh, and I've found them all and more. So that's been fun. I found <laughs> they each brought some friends, um, so they're back. We we're all one again. What about you, Hari? Have you been uh, have you been staying healthy? Oh boy! Well, I've been eating a lot healthier. I a month before this quarantine started, I uh, I started a vegetarian diet. Which, wow. in retrospect, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe not the best decision. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we only have, like, simple pleasures here in the quarantine, and I, like, gave up a big one. <laughs> but I have been, uh, I cut out old dairy, eggs, and all that stuff, so I'm just, like, chewing on a piece of broccoli over here. That's great. I, so, I do feel like I'm eating better, but, my, but I am not working out at all. Um, I attempted to work out... Uh, three days ago, and then I was sore ever, uh, since then. <laughs> From the attempt? <laughs> From the, <laughs> I did, like, some push-ups, and then I, I ran up my stairs. And I live on the 11th floor of a building. Oh, wow, so okay. Not That's just, like, not like the stairs of a split level or anything. What floor do you start getting winded? Oh, uh, so I can make it about nine floors without stopping. Whoa. And then, yeah. That's great, man. 
This was a routine I was doing. Um, I started this a couple months ago thinking, okay, it's going to be real quick. I just do like 30 jumping jacks, 30 push-ups, 10 squats, uh, and then run up the stairs twice. And the whole thing takes me like 20 to 30 minutes. And I thought, oh, it's quick. It's convenient. I'm going to do this every single day. And that like lasted four days. Uh, how do you get down the stairs? Do you uh, do you walk yeah, them? The or elevator. You, take, you take the elevator down. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I take the elevator. I walk down. I would love and then that. I take the elevator back up. And I, I, love I and you just get on the elevator panting <laughs> on the eleventh floor to go back down with other people, just all sweaty. And then get off the elevator and get right back onto the staircase. Can you do that from now on? <laughs> James, I feel like you're still working out. Are you still working out, James? I'm doing enough. I'm not doing a <laughs> lot, but I'm doing enough. I get, I'm still trying to get like 300 push-ups a day, and I'm still trying oh, yeah. to get like 200 we squats a day. But the uh-huh. operative word is trying. I, I for sure gained like five pounds at least. Nice. So, you know, we, I got some friends too, baby. We're, we're in the same boat. Hell yeah. I, uh, I used to think I didn't have the time. Uh, I had two jobs. I was gone all the time. I'm like, I just don't have time to work out as much as I'd like. Yeah. And now that I have nothing but time, it's like, oh, I don't have any interest. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun what thing to discover. Oh, I'm just not motivated. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to. I'm a piece of shit. That's what I didn't realize. <laughs> So that's cool. You learn about yourself. That's yeah. what happens in these times. Did you guys go out and enjoy that 75-degree day that we had uh, last <laughs> Tuesday? Yeah. Yeah, like they closed down all the beaches and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, I crossed the police line. I'm not going to lie. Whoa. I went, yeah, I went on the other side, just about a couple feet on the other side. Then I got a little chicken shit. But I sat and watched uh, the lake, which was nice. A group of bikers drove by. And they were on, they were on like, uh, I don't know if they were Harleys, but they were definitely all together. And they were all wearing masks, which I thought was like just like the weirdest looking gang ever. <laughs> and now? And none of them were wearing helmets, though, which I thought was a little ironic. But now um, you realize that they were just social distancing. They were they're... doing the right thing by wearing those masks, right? <laughs> or is the end of the story that they robbed a bank? <laughs> The end of the story is I nearly got hit by a guy on a bike. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you avoid avoided it. I uh, somebody replaced that story with something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a quick story, and then we should probably get our guests on the line because these are yes. rare and to go. Um, I tried uh, ordering takeout today, and every here's the thing about this, okay? You want to support local businesses, and I'm all for it. And so I was trying to support the local Red Lobster, and the, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I, wasn't a Red Lobster. I was trying to support a local deli, and uh, so I ordered my food. I go there to pick it up, but they have like everyone has like their own bullshit system, and no one tells you how it works. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I had to like pull my car into a numbered spot. And then it's like, call us to, uh, you know, to let us know you're here. And I'm like, well, you know I'm here. I'm in front of the building, but whatever. So I call them, and I call the normal phone number, and it's like, hey, are you looking for curbside pickup? Don't call this number. Call the number listed on the sign in front of you. There's no sign in front of me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And so, like, there, there is a sign that says, like, my spot number, but apparently the part that had the phone number to call has been, like, taken down. And um, but I'm also observing the system, which is not that they bring you the food. Uh, what they do is every spot has like a table in front of the parking spot, and they you call them, tell them you're there. 
you put your money on the table, go back into your car, <laughs> and then they bring the food out to the table and take your money, and then, like, nod, and then, like, you get out and walk up to the fucking table and get your food. <laughs> I've never been angrier at a system in my life. Insanity. So. Dude, that's that's how the transaction went down with getting the puzzle. I ordered <laughs> seriously. I ordered it online and then I put picked it up and then the person at Barnes Noble put it in like a little box that's sitting outside of their store and I walked <laughs> up and like got it out of the box. It was, it was oh, the weirdest thing ever. Ridiculous. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and bring our uh, our guest expert in and uh, we'll come right back with more podcast. And we are back with our guest expert today, personal trainer Andy Pataki. Andy, we're going to start with our first segment, three questions, where we find out what Hari and I know about the topic at hand. Can you start us off with question number one? Question number one, how do you define diet? Oof. Well, for anyone who heard the intro, uh, I define it as a series of <laughs> a series of Grubhub orders lately. Hari, what about you? I think it has to do with... Um, the nutritional value, like if you're if you're saying I'm going on a diet, that's probably means a lot of things. But I think if I were to define it one way, I would say like your macros. I've heard people use that term before. <laughs> <Doesn't> make, okay. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> cool. This is something we definitely know a ton about. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna say it's it's your overall nutrition. I think kind of what Hari was trying to say, but I'm not going to call it macros for no reason. All right. Andy, what about question number two? Number two, what's more important, strength training or cardio? Wow. Uh, I think that probably, I've always heard both are equally important, but if I were to pick one, I would say cardio because it has to do with your heart. I'm going to go with cardio too, just because it's something you have to use more. You know what I'm saying? Like every day I have to walk upstairs. Every day I don't have to lift stuff. So I'm going to go with cardio for that reason. I just want to interject real quick and say this is the first question ever asked that I think I actually know the answer to. So I'm pumped to hear what it is at the end. Proud of you, James. Yeah, baby. Well, we'll see. Don't be proud of me yet. I might be completely wrong. So, What do you think the answer is, James? Give us I think your it's, answer. I think it's strength training. Yeah, why so? Uh, so, um, in in my very novice opinion, or in my less than learned opinion, uh, I uh, I've heard that strength training actually conditions you to burn uh, calories faster and longer throughout the day, whereas cardio, it's very quick process. It definitely keeps your heart healthy and keeps the blood flowing, but that the 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 long term benefits throughout the day wear off faster. There's diminishing returns, uh, whereas strength training conditions your whole body to to process stuff faster. So that's that's why I think strength training is, is I think the, I'm gonna change best. my answer. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that can't be it, James, but good good try. Thank you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Very likely. And uh, what's question number three? The third and final question, what common element makes boutique gyms like Core Power Yoga, CrossFit, Orange Theory, etc. so popular? It's the routine. Like there there's there's a program in place to follow. I think people have a tough time on their own sticking to something, but when you get into that environment where there's like a routine, and there's a team involved. Yeah, I'd say the team and the routine. <laughs> Do you have any more answers you want to throw in there, Harry? <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say that it's... Um, Do you want me to pick one, Jim? Is I'd like you to pick one, so I'm going to steal the other. That's what's <laughs> about to happen. So okay. you pick whichever one you think it is. I think it's the routine. I think it's the routine? Yeah. I really think it's the working out together. I think it's being around other people and whatever else Hari just said. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy, you guys are such a great team. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, uh, again, first of all, we want to thank you very much for taking the time to join us. We want to learn a little bit about you. We use the term expert on every episode, but we use it very, very loosely. So please tell us a little bit about what makes you an expert. What is your experience in the field of, of fitness? Uh, I love the term expert. In fact, I use it to describe myself on my website because I don't think there is a um, uh, definition, at least not when it comes to my field. Um, I'd say above all else, like 90% of my job is just telling people the difference between the truth and like what's false. So it's not, I'm not an expert in the sense that I know everything. I'm an expert in the sense that I can sniff out the BS and just kind of explain to people what they kind of should be doing. And uh, you'd be surprised at how simple it is if you want to, in fact, live a happy, healthy long life. So um, I'm more about the overall, you know, holistic approach to like fitness and nutrition. Um, I don't think there's any one specific way you can do it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, 90% of my job is just trying to, you know, stop people from believing in all the hype that they see on their Facebook feed or on commercials. But me personally, what actually defines me as an expert, uh, I've always had an affinity for, you know, fitness as a whole. Um, I played sports growing up. I was a big fan of the off-season condition in particular. Uh, I always played football, so, you know, during the football, you know, season, it, you know, I was always locked in following my favorite team or playing the sport myself. My dad was a football coach, and I was always following those teams as well. But then during the off season, you know, you have essentially eight months to get ready for the next season. I remember after my uh, freshman year of uh, high school football, I, I, there was a 243-day countdown I had to the next year, and I literally wow. trained almost every single day. So um, taking that passion for fitness and sports and off-season training, uh, when I got to college, I joined what was called a strength team. I had a really good strength and conditioning coach, and our job was to literally hang out in the gym, take players through their routines, and that's kind of where I got the passion for personal training. But it didn't become official until 2008 when I took my certification test, and I've been doing it ever since. And you, uh, it looks like you have a pretty diverse list of, uh, of things you've taught, of things that you're certified in. Do you have like a particular passion right now, something that you're really getting behind, or do you try and take different areas and put them together? Home fitness. Yeah. <laughs> right now? Right. Yeah, in particular. Right. Yeah, for, uh, about a month ago, nobody used the word quarantine. Now you can't get away from it. So that's where my passion in fitness magically evolved into. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Jim, did I tell you that I was uh, that I played football in school? Oh my God, no, you did not. But I can't wait to hear this. I was a defensive tackle on my junior high school football team. Your junior high had a football team? Yeah, I had to. I, I weighed so little, I had to lie about my weight to get on the featherweight team. <laughs> and they, uh, I, I started out as safety, but a crucial error on my part had the coach put me in a different position. <laughs> I don't know if he was just trying to torture me, put me in defensive tackle, but I actually sacked somebody, which was the highlight of my whole academic career, I think. Is, is it really football when the, all the, the entire team is referred to as featherweights? <laughs> it was, I was actually really good at football with my friends. I've got mm-hmm. scars to prove it. But I, with all that equipment on, it was like I looked like a, like a candy apple with, with that just that giant helmet and then this puny body. If you're really good... If you're thinking about it, if you're really good, and shouldn't your friends have scars to prove it, not the other way around? 
<laughs> I'm actually referring to one particular scar where I caught a touchdown pass, and the touchdown was a driveway. And I, I, I cannot tell you how funny it is to hear you try and say words like touchdown pass, like they are part of your normal vocabulary. Because you have to like pause. That's like, what they call it. I right? call it a they call them touchdowns? touchdown pass. Is it not called that? Yeah. No. It you is. also call the end zone a touchdown right afterwards. So uh, we get it. You're a cool guy. You not only do puzzles, you also played football. Thank you, Harry, for. <laughs> <laughs> a, a true renaissance man. <laughs> exactly. So, well, I just, Andy, so I just wanted to know Andy to know that I can relate to him. Yeah, I'm no, I get it. Absolutely. Um, if we want to really know the how much Hari cares about uh, weightlifting and things of the like, Hari actually works for a barbell company as their accountant. Oh. And uh, he would not be mistaken for any other role in the company. So, <laughs> so he knows how much they cost. Beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Andy, what? Uh, so before we get into kind of you know some of the specifics of the uh, of working at home, when you talked about personal training in the in the intro, you mentioned that you know it's a lot more than just the working out. I mean, it's working out, it's nutrition. Uh, what other pieces of the puzzle are there? Are you ever consulting in other areas of people's lives? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I never actually got a certification for it, but I know other personal trainers who have where they actually go to school for life coaching. Um, you got to think every personal training session typically lasts about an hour, and you're locked in with one person for an hour, and there's a lot of downtime during that time where, like, you're literally chatting about that person's day, about their fitness goals, about how their, you know, work is going, how home life is going. So, I mean, it's... You can quickly evolve into becoming the rent-a-friend personal trainer, and I know people who make a career out of relying on clients showing up to them just because they need someone to talk to. So, you know, being part therapist, part educator, part entertainer, and part trainer, I mean, it's all, there literally are so, it's, it's more than just lifting weights, I should say. And right now, where everyone has to stay home, I mean, we're all a little more sedimentary than usual. Most of us are. What are some of the major drawbacks of just not being active, not getting the blood pumping? Well, I think, honestly, I don't know about you, but for me in particular, if I go more than a couple of days without some sort of workout, I literally get depressed. And so I think, you know, the physical, um, you know, drawbacks are pretty obvious, but the mental ones are pretty obvious as well. It's one of those things, like, just being cooped up in the house you know, you, you start to realize that you, you get out of the routine, that your body is made to, you know, literally be out in fresh air and to, you know, to move. I mean, that's part of life. So when we're kind of forced to be in close quarters like that, you literally have the potential to, you know, drive yourself crazy. I mean, if you think about it, even prisoners have an opportunity to go to the yard, as I'm sure you two know, um, for <laughs> some sort of daily activity. I'm sure prison life I remember. is one of the things. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... Uh, and it's it's essential. I mean, even kids have recess. You know, adults have you know I don't know rec leagues. <laughs> There's always something that you should be doing uh, just to keep yourself sane. People's schedules are like all over the place now. Is there a best time of the day to work out, or is it no, just about establishing routine? It really is about establishing routine. You know, if you talk to people who, are, you know, it's weird because you get into the finer points of like, well, what's best, you know, for everybody. And it's, you know, there's no really no objective truth to fitness, in my opinion. So they say later in the day is better on the body physically because you're already warmed up. You know, it's not like you're warm, like rolling out of bed with cold muscles and having to worry about getting the body going. So I've heard that argument, but then me personally, the longer I put it off, the less likely I am to work out. So I'm more of a first thing in the morning kind of guy. And if I don't do it then, my day, my day kind of drags. I'm kind of dreading the workout. Then I start making deals with myself like, well, maybe I won't do it today, but I'll definitely do it tomorrow or I'll do twice as much tomorrow. And it never quite works out that way. So 
to answer your question, I prefer in the morning. I know the people I train with typically like the morning, but the experts say the afternoon just because you're less likely to injure yourself. But uh, hmm. the truth is whenever you can find the time that works for you is the best time to get to do it. Do you feel like doing it at the same time every day is important if you choose the time that's comfortable for you? I do, yeah. It's just like you're more likely to do it then. It's like anything else, if you have a routine set up, um, you're just more likely to get it done as opposed to kind of rolling the dice. You know, if your day's all over the place, I think it becomes less of a priority. You know, it depends on what your job is. If you're a bodybuilder, I'm sure you'll have no problem getting the two to three hours of working out in, in addition to copious amounts of steroids. They take that thing very <laughs> serious. Right. But when it comes to, like, the average person, you know, and you have a busy kind of patchwork day, you know, the workout becomes probably the least of your priorities. And if you continue to shuffle it around as opposed to being like at noon, I'm stopping everything, going to the gym, doing what I need to do, uh, you're just less likely to get it done. What about uh, nutrition-wise in a situation like this where, I mean, everyone's just, you're eating differently, right? It, it's, uh, you know, we're all home and, and the less you're moving, your nutritional needs change as well. You are, but one of the things that if you talk to any of the – if you listen to any nutrition experts, like I like Michael Pollan, and he's not even necessarily a nutrition expert, but almost all his books are about like eating and, and what's right. And one of the things that he actually um, – he interviewed uh, one of the gurus. I forget his name. He had a real funny name. Um, but one of the things he says, you can eat whatever you want as long as you make it yourself. And I think there's a lot of truth to that in the fact that our quote-unquote obesity epidemic that we're as a country going through, as a world, honestly, that are going through right now is due to the fact that we kind of outsource our nutrition. So we're eating out, we're having like prepared meals, um, you know, we're, we're letting other people dictate what we're eating because we're just eating what's in front of us and it's not prepared by us. Um, so that, I think, is a major issue. So with quarantine, I honestly think there's, an, there's a huge opportunity there to establish better habits in terms of going to the grocery store, buying foods, try, making meals yourself, maybe trying things you wouldn't normally try hmm. because, yeah, if, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the clients I have are you know, business people. They're always on the road, always you know, having business dinners or you know, they're at airports or they're traveling, so they're not really thinking about meals. So they're just eating whatever's available, whatever's in front of them. But with quarantine, you know, that's not happening, right? So taking that you know, extra time during the week to go to the grocery store and now maybe even go once or twice because, you know, you don't have to travel to work. You have that extra time now. You don't have to commute. And then actually having a little extra time at night to make it like a dinner, a sit-down meal. What about ideas for workouts? I mean, first of all, um, and I, I want to mention this, your website, coachpots.com. That's coachpots, P-O-T-T-S.com. Um, has a bunch of information on, on uh, different things and, and courses and things like that. But as someone who's at home all the time now, what are some just basic workout ideas that can be really good for people? Uh, I mean, honestly, if, if you don't have any experience with it, now's not the time to just start making stuff up. There is so many opportunities to um, kind of have workouts, you know, to work out remotely, I should say. There's, um, and especially, all, like, the entire fitness community is shifting most of their business online because we kind of have to. So at my website in particular, coachpots.com, I've been with the client, the existing clients I already have, friends, family, anybody who wants to join, I've been doing free workouts Tuesday through Friday at 6.30 in the morning and then Monday through Friday at noon where you could do, uh, sign in on Zoom. The link is on the website, and you can join us and do whatever we're doing that day. Wednesdays, Fridays are dumbbells. Thursdays, typically bodyweight, you know, yoga-type exercises. But I try to, you know, cardio intervals, whatever, I try to – you know, kind of switch it up. And then all of those live workouts have been recorded and put onto YouTube. They're all 25-minute 
workouts, and that's available on the website as well. Um, I think what you should do if you are interested in getting in any kind of shape is to find a friend. It doesn't have to be somebody you know that you're actually quarantined with. It could be somebody that you at least talk to on some, a somewhat regular basis. You find a workout routine. You can go to coachbots.com. You can go anywhere, but find something that both of you are going to attempt to do. Uh, do those workouts and then talk about it afterward because um, doing it yourself is really challenging. Having somebody to hold you accountable is huge. Um, I'd say the major differentiator between some of the smaller guys like myself and some of the you know big ones you'd see like Tony Horton on Beachbody is I'm accessible. You can send me an email. You can you know yeah. hit me up on Facebook, whatever. I'll answer your questions. I got nothing but time on my hands these days. You know those guys won't, but um, you know, I love this. This is what I do for a living, right? So I love answering those type of questions. Having a friend and then just doing those routines and then trying to be somewhat consistent, you know, three, four times a, times a week, uh, that's better than doing nothing because the, the truth is something is always better than nothing. These are great. I uh, Right here, when you go to coachpots.com, the, there's a past workouts tab. And just like you said, you click that, and it's going to give you all of the uh, all of the ones you've done so far on YouTube, uh, full links to the whole video. You're just giving those away. You're giving the past workouts away for free. That's awesome, man. Give them away. And if you want to join us live uh, you know, with the Zoom, there's usually anywhere between 5 and 10 people. So that's its own community in itself. When clients come to you, is it is it because there's some goal they're trying to achieve? Is it just a um, they want some help just mapping out how to do something? Like what? What? Why do clients typically come to a coach? I, I could give you what I think is the number one answer, but obviously, you know, the needs and the wants and why in particular probably differs for most people. But I think the number one reason that you would hire a personal trainer like myself is just accountability. Um, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what a good workout routine is. You know, there's going to be some pushing and pulling. There's going to be some upper body and lower body. There's going to be some cardio. You know, you could keep it simple. But the truth is, just because we know that information doesn't mean that we're going to do it. So as a personal trainer, I'm always looking for ways that I can hold my clients accountable, you know, make them a little guilty but when they miss workouts. But then, you know, definitely encouraging to try to get the next one in. You know, we're, there's different ways to track results. Um, I actually have a client to a Bluetooth scale, so anytime they step on, step on the scale, that information actually gets sent to me, and then I get a daily email at night seeing you know where they're at, and if it's way over or way under, they're getting a text. So, wow. yeah, um, another, you know I'm using a, a platform as well where I, I I send the workouts to people. They show up in the app as soon as they complete the workout. You know they they hit complete, and again at the end of the night I get an email that says you know the the people who completed their workouts people didn't complete the workouts. If you missed more than two in a row, you're getting a text from me. So number one thing is accountability, um, and then after that it it really is just answering questions like you know why are we doing this exercise instead of that exercise or you know how come I'm not doing you know the Julian Michaels workout or you know can we try working? I really enjoy kettlebells. Is there a possibility we can work that into what we do? Because, you know, as opposed to getting a routine that you might get in a magazine where it's not flexible at all because it's written on paper, I work with clients on, in terms of special needs, meaning like if they have a bum shoulder or a bad knee, we can always do alternate exercises. And then also I give them, I always say, you know, 20% of what they want and 80% of what they need. I'm looking at these uh, last week's workouts from CoachPots.com, and um, there's a few, like you said, you go little yoga-based, uh, full-body cardio, things like that. Two questions. First, is there are there particular ones for someone like myself who's in an apartment who probably doesn't want to be doing a lot of jumping and pissing off the people downstairs? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about exercise in particular is it's, it's not harder to get a better workout. Um, 
you know, in an apartment, it's just different. So for every high impact exercise, there's a low impact version. And the definition of low impact is that there's always one foot on the ground. So like my workouts always start with some sort of five-minute warm-up, and we're usually jogging in place and then usually doing jumping jacks and then just some variations of that. But instead of jogging in place, you could just march in place. Instead of doing jumping jacks, you could just do step-outs. Like there's always some sort of low-impact version so your neighbors, you know, don't get upset and you don't get evicted. But, you know, the truth is like, uh, you know, let's say someone who's, you know, obese, they're not going to need to jog in place. You know, just doing, you know, step-outs or – um, some sort of low impact version is going to be plenty. You know, you don't need to squat down with the hip crease below the knee. I mean, just sitting in a chair and standing up, that might be enough. What about uh, for these, as a, someone who has a gym membership who now is pivoting to working out at home, um, is there like a minimum recommendation you would have for a couple of pieces of equipment that you should buy to be able to do these workouts? Yes. You need a set of dumbbells. And mm-hmm. do they need to be dumbbells in the classical sense? They don't have to be. Um, we, we were, it was dumbbell day, which I said on Wednesdays and Fridays with uh, the workouts that I do. One guy went outside and got two rocks from his, you know, his lawn. Nice. <laughs> um, like those little, like those little uh, landscape rocks. Another guy had two paint cans. Uh, another girl showed up with uh, two laundry detergents. Um, and then you just thread a towel through that and you can use it. You need some sort of resistance. But I tell everybody uh, two sets of dumbbells, a heavy set and a light set. And heavy doesn't mean a million pounds. It could mean, you know, 20, 25 pounds. It could mean 15 pounds. And then just something that's about half of that much, whatever your heavy set may be, just so you have something to shift down to. You may end up sticking with the heavy dumbbells the entire workout, but it's nice to have some sort of variety. A uh, resistance band, if you really can't find a set of dumbbells or they just don't make sense, uh, not only are resistance bands, do they serve the same purpose as a dumbbell? You have to get a little bit creative, but you can do the same movements. But in, like clients who travel, that's what they'll put in their suitcase, and there's no issues there. So a resistance band is nice. I think dumbbells, at least one set, hopefully two, is essential. Um, and when it comes to those two pieces of equipment, it really you are only like limited by your creativity in terms of how, the amount of exercise you can do. On the subject of nutrition in exercise, I mean, I know we could probably have a whole other episode related to nutrition, but I've heard people say abs are made in the kitchen. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> it means that you could have the most dynamite pack of six-pack abs, and nobody will ever see them if they're covered by a beer gut. So <laughs> you could do all the exercises in the world, you know, to strengthen that midsection and to cut and tone or whatever you need to do. But if you're you're never going to outrun a bad diet. So if you're eating more calories than you consume that day, you're going to retain fat. Men typically retain fat in the midsection, meaning like the belly area. Women typically do it in the hips and thighs and the butt, obviously. So you're never, So when they say it, they're made in the kitchen, it doesn't matter what the exercises are. If, if you're not in some sort of uh, calorie deficit or you're not eating you know, healthy, nutritious food that is typically not as caloric den- calorically dense as like some of the, say, the junk food and everything like that, you're never going to see those abs. Coach Potts, I've heard the saying, um, pancakes are made in the kitchen. Can you confirm that that is also the truth? <laughs> well, you know, I've, uh, no, that's not true at all. I mean, it, okay. you got to make do. You can make them in the field. You know, I've been camping. Yeah. Uh, you could throw them on the hood of a car if it's a nice hot day, possibly <laughs> in the cement. Um, do you time your meals? Do you have a plan for your meals together with your workout? Like in the morning, you make sure to get more carbs or something because you're. Let's, gonna... hey, let's not worry about what I do, okay? Let's worry about what I tell my <laughs> clients to do. Mind your business, Harry. 
No, it's I, my uh, my nutrition obviously has been turned on its ear since I've been at home. I wouldn't say that the reason I'm doing intermittent fasting is because I think it's the best diet. It's just because I kind of forget to eat in the morning, and before I know it, it's noon, and that's kind of when I'm having my first meal. So um, I I'll, I'll have what would be referred to as a fasted cardio or fasted workout in the morning. So I don't I typically don't eat before uh, my first workout. As soon as my first workout's done, I sit down at my desk. I'm uploading the workout to YouTube, working on the website, you know, doing social media stuff, blah, 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 blah. Then my next workout is at noon. I'm doing that, take the dogs for a walk, and then I'll have my first meal, usually around like 1 o'clock. You had mentioned like for, uh, for men, weight accumulates around the stomach, and I know this firsthand. I used to actually be able to eat whatever it is I wanted to eat no matter what. McDonald's is junk and like not gain a pound. People hated me. And then... Like, it seemed like the day I turned 40, all of that changed. And, like, everything is just going right to my gut. And if I, if I like, stop eating to, like, lose weight, I just lose it off the rest of my body and not at, on my gut. Like, what kind of advice would you have for a person who's just carrying weight around their midsection? Oh, shortcuts. Is that what we're looking for? <laughs> is um, it a shortcut? Or is, that, is, is, that, is, that, is there a type of workout that, that, that is best suited for Yeah, so why don't you – I have this website called CoachPots.com. It's time for compensation. <laughs> um, you, you asked, like, almost, like, without knowing it, like, several kind of loaded questions. Like, I think you want to know how do we make fat shrink from the midsection. Um, the short answer is you cannot spot reduce. So – you know, if I want to have, like, the, the under-the-arm fat for women is a big one. They're like, how do I get rid of these? And you're like, well, uh, unfortunately, you can't just target one specific area. Or, you know, how do I get rid of this beer belly? It's like, uh, you know, when it comes to weight loss and fat loss, uh, that's why we call it more of a holistic approach is that the body uh, will shrink as a whole, and certain areas tend to do it first, and some, certain areas do it better. Um, but for men, for me personally, it's the midsection's always been the first place that I gained fat and the last place that the fat comes off and the weirdest thing is the last place in my face so like the last thing I, when I'm getting a puppy face I know I've eat, I'm definitely overweight and like the week I start like dieting and start working out again hard that's the first place it comes off so you can't spot reduce one area in particular now if we do want to lose fat um, what the, the one thing you have to eat some sort of nutritious meal because when we talk about we can talk about that in a second too, but like whole foods, unprocessed foods, uh, primarily fruits and vegetables, you know, a little meat, um, just not overdoing it. Like with the meat, I should say I'm not like trying to preach veganism or anything like that, but I am saying like um, if we eat nutritious uh, whole foods that are primarily unprocessed, your body tends to burn fat more. You could still be in a calorie deficit, but if those calories are you know complex carbohydrates, um, you know, just alcohol. Um, fried foods, your body's going to retain, retain that fat more. And so ha having nutritious food and being in a calorie deficit, your body's going to be more likely to burn fat in particular as an energy source. And also doing strength training and cardio, that's going to help burn fat as well. So the combination of all of those things um, is what's going to target that midsection. But it doesn't matter who you are. You know, me in particular, it doesn't matter what I do, the midsection is going to be the last place that my body loses fat. Do you think that, uh, because on that uh, subject of diet, you were talking about veganism or vegetarian type of eating. Were you saying that, that that's better for you health-wise? 
No. Uh, <laughs> that's, that was my first question, right? How do you define diet? Are we getting into that yet? No, um, not no, yet, but I do have a follow-up question because I think what Hari's getting at is the fact that he's uh, he's gone to a vegetarian diet lately, and this has all reminded me, is that why I've found him so insufferable lately, <laughs> <laughs> or is that just incidental? No, I, it, you know, you never know. I mean, you guys okay. go way back. It, it could be any number of reasons, but it, that could definitely have exacerbated like the personality that you don't particularly care for. Who knows? Well, um, I have I a mean, question about uh, like a serious question about vegetarianism and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I think vegetarians tend to have a lot higher uh, carb content in their diets, and I mean, is it is it a fact that carbs equate to putting on pounds? No, and this is where, like, I told you, my, my the majority of my job is trying to, like, essentially demystify, like, falsehoods, although demystify the, the, the falsehoods makes me sound very pretentious and, like, a big douchebag. Sorry about that. Um, Don't worry. I'm a vegetarian. I get it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I did CrossFit, so I can relate as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I'm about to jump out the window. <laughs> so, uh, no, are you familiar with the 80-10-10 diet? No. So 80% carb, 10% fat, 10% protein. Uh, that just goes to show you how little carbohydrate, or not necessarily carbohydrate, but macronutrients um, really do play a role in, in, in having a nutritious diet. Um, uh, fruit in particular is very high in carbs. Fruit in particular is very nutritious for you. Despite what everyone says about the sugar content, it's a whole food that's completely unprocessed. If you eat a lot of fruit, you're going to have very high carbs, but just because of that doesn't mean you're going to gain fat. You're going to gain fat if you burn or if you don't burn more calories than you consume or you're in a calorie surplus or if you're inactive or if just, you know, vegetarianism in particular just means that you don't eat meat, but that doesn't mean you can't eat potato chips or french fries or donuts. That's why when you say I'm I'm vegetarian, it only means one thing, but it doesn't really say Oh, I also don't eat processed foods, you know, uh, junk food, stuff like that. Now, there's so, a window for that, right? So, like, even Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's a vegetarian now. He might even be vegan, but I'm pretty sure he's definitely vegetarian. You know, but during his bodybuilding career, he had very specific macronutrient needs, and he stuck to those very closely, and he was eating essentially for sport. So he had one objective, and he had a diet that complemented that, and he did it probably for, what, 30, 40, 50 years, but now in his later, you know, years, he switched to, you know, vegetarianism, veganism, whatever. He's just not eating meat anymore. So you can get away with, you know, you can get away with it for a good number of years, decades, who knows, but after a while, that's going to catch up with you. I want to wrap a couple things up. We have a couple more segments to get to, and uh, again, we really appreciate your time, and, and obviously people can find you at coachpots.com. Um, you can do the workouts. Hari, I think we need to, uh, we should do one of these workouts. I really? Think, I'd be I'd down. Love to see that. I I'd be down just, that. To, just, just, to be, just to see Jim doing this. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't have to watch So what are you wearing? So. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something really polite, like, I'd be down just to see Jim, like you wanted to hang out with your friend virtually. <laughs> but no, you're like, I'd be down to watch Jim try and exercise. That's <laughs> terrible. Um, okay, so I want to I grab a few takeaways before we jump into anything else here, Coach Potts. Real quick, so, okay, so if you only have the opportunity to have a couple of pieces of equipment at home, minimum a set of dumbbells, if you can, a lighter set and a heavier set that you're comfortable with, and maybe resistance bands. Yes? yes absolutely. 
as far as eating better during the quarantine, I really like what you said there, too, as far as eat natural whole foods. If you're making the stuff yourself, it's probably going to be a lot better for you than eating the same thing from takeout or anywhere else. And now that we have some time, it's a uh, it's an opportunity to start establishing some better habits. I would agree. <laughs> I like this. We're learning. Am I supposed to agree with it? Yeah, this is everything I said. No, no, no. But like, these, I'm just trying to wrap up. <laughs> Andy, here's the thing. We uh, we have a segment on the program that. Uh, <laughs> we never honest, started Andy. with. Here, here's the thing. You know what? It never ends well. <laughs> so we have a segment called Harry's Hot Button. It's quite possibly uh, the least popular segment in the history of podcasting. <laughs> Whereas, I thought it was the 11th most pod popular. That's what you said. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I said feel. quite possibly, Hari. I don't know the <laughs> answers to any of this. Let's speak. Although, I, I will say this. I was talking with a, uh, a listener of the podcast last night, and he said his two favorite things about the podcast, neither one of which were me, by the way, which is kind of <laughs> annoying if you're telling me this. Uh, his two favorite things about the podcast are the Hari's Hot Button segment and James's reaction to it. <laughs> two, the, the two reasons he listens uh, to every episode. But basically, uh, and normally we have a sound effect that Hari makes up on the spot, and this is how we're going to get you to be a new listener, Coach Potts, is that uh, Hari's going to have to add it in after the fact since we're doing this remotely. So to hear his introduction, you too will now have to listen to this episode of the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> but... Welcome, class, to Weightlifting 101. I'll be your instructor, Mr. Rao. If you could please take out your textbooks and open up to Chapter 1, titled, Do You Even Lift, Bro? Ooh, that's hot. We are always looking for a hot button, um, a point of contention in the industry. Are there any major points of contention in the uh, in the fitness industry that the experts are arguing back and forth about at this point in time? I mean, at this point in time, I mean, there's always something. And I think once we, once you sift through all the BS, you realize that like there's only very few things you need um, in order to get fit, in order to live a healthy lifestyle, in order to live a long life. So. The the problem is somebody who takes it a little bit too far. Like the cross, I think CrossFit it, it's it's on a decline in the in the sense that it is still it's growing at a decreasing rate. But okay. CrossFit in particular has been very controversial from the onset, which is right around 2002. Uh, I myself owned a CrossFit affiliate for about four years, and I mean even I kind of ran the gamut to the point now where I don't promote CrossFit as a brand anymore. Um, and you're seeing a lot of those CrossFit gyms for one reason or another, maybe because they didn't run a good business, maybe because they don't believe in the methodology anymore. Um, who knows? But they're kind of steering away from CrossFit. CrossFit, I would say, is definitely a hot issue in the fitness industry and probably will be for as long as it continues um, to exist. And it will always have some sort of cult following no matter how big it is. What happens? What is it? Is it that something gets so big so fast? I mean, because every few years there's something, right? That that there was jazzercise in the 90s. You know, that something gets yes. really big really fast. And what changes? What makes it so big and then what makes it start to decline again? The, you know, it's just like it, it's a generational thing. And you, you figure generations last, you know, like about you know 10 to 20 years, right? Um, when, when CrossFit was new, it became the dangerous exercise. It was originally designed for first responders. It's like if I'm a good, you know, if I want to be a, a fireman that can carry a hose up 20 flights of stairs, who cares how many, like, you know, push-ups I can do or how big my muscles are, right? You need functional muscles that can, you know, perform those tasks. So how do you get good at those types of tasks? Well, you, you do those kinds of things. Well, people were doing those kinds of things and getting injured. And so from the beginning, it was always kind of controversial. Was this the workout that's going to kill you? That was, like, if you, um, 
if you Google does CrossFit and then like there was always like suggestions and like does CrossFit kill you was always like the number one. Um, so uh-huh. it, it it grew fast because just like yo, know, just like any zealot kind of tarnishes, you know, kind of puts a bad spin on anything that they do. They talk about it, they won't shut up about it. They think it's the greatest thing. You know, there's nothing else. You know, CrossFit in particular became this exercise for people who maybe couldn't do certain things and they were doing CrossFit for a while and then you'd see someone else who'd never done CrossFit and they couldn't perform that workout and all of a sudden I'm better than you because I've been doing it longer and et cetera and so forth and there became like this kind of chip on their shoulder but the I mean they, they had that element about it right so it was forging elite fitness was their initial tagline which they've gotten away from because the branding is just it's kind of like come back to like to haunt itself that in addition to the low barrier of entry Meaning, initially, all you needed was five hundred dollars a year to call yourself a CrossFit gym. Now it's three thousand. But if you, Jim, take a CrossFit Level One seminar and decide the next day you want to open a CrossFit gym, and the CrossFit Level One seminar only lasts for a weekend, and pay a thousand dollars to do that, if you have three thousand dollars in a location, you can open your own CrossFit gym. So all these gyms were just popping up all over the place, and some were better than others. Um, some were, you know had different attitudes than others. Like some were generally there to help people. Some were there to compete in the sport of CrossFit. So it wasn't like a unifying, it wasn't like a franchise model. It was an affiliate model. So you could walk into uh, two CrossFit gyms and get completely different experiences. So that was another reason that the whole thing kind of like this was, you know, it it left a bad taste in some people's mouths. Um, And then over time, you're like, you're doing these intense workouts. So, you know, you're lifting heavy weight, you're running as fast as you can, you're, you know, the time is running, or you might have a 10-minute workout, you're trying to do as many rounds as possible. Well, you can do that for a while, but over a long term, um, training for a quote-unquote elite fitness, it's going to lend itself an injury. So just like any other sport, and I don't care what sport it is, it could be running, football, tennis, at some point, you're going to get an injury, and that's what was happening to CrossFit athletes as well. People were, you know, blowing discs or, you know, injuring knees or doing whatever, and it wouldn't be uncommon, especially even for the elite athletes, to have some sort of surgery at some point in their career. I noticed, like, for a while, it was, like, yoga and then spin, and then it was, like, yoga and spin together. Spin won't die, and that's (laughs) one of the anomalies that, like, you know, Johnny G was the guy, right, and he actually, you know, coined spinning. If you wanted to be a spin studio, you had to pay him money as opposed to indoor cycling, right? And so, like, spin has, for some reason, lasted longer than everything else in terms of, like, there's still the, – the boutique model gave spin a new life. So you didn't have to go to a YMCA or a LA Fitness to take spin class. Now you could go to a, 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 um, a location that only does spin exercise, like the Soul Cycles, right? And you pay a monthly fee, and then you do these phenomenal classes. And then Peloton, they blew it out of the water, especially now with quarantine. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just like perfect. Not only was it a, a great model in the sense that, you know, it lent itself to that accountability. So you were taking classes, but you weren't just doing it on your own. You were following an instructor who could actually see your stats. But now that people can't leave their house, I mean, Peloton's crushing it. So in my opinion, that's probably the new big thing in fitness as opposed to like CrossFit and, you know, the core power yoga and all that stuff is that the home fitness thing and what can we do to make sure people are getting a quality workout that keeps you accountable that you can do with little equipment in your own home. So here's the thing. I think that it is more important than ever, and for some of the reasons you just talked about, um, because right now, look, you can go online or you can download an app and you can get workouts every day for free online, right? But I think it's more important than ever 
to have that accountability, which I feel like is one of the big things that a personal trainer offers that's differentiating from, you know, like you said, just signing up for something online. So when you're working with someone, when, when you're a Coach Potts client, along with the workouts, I know you mentioned like the, the Bluetooth scale where you can kind of provide some accountability that way and things like that. What other things are you offering to these clients? So I, there's, there's different tiers, different price points, different uh you know, levels of entry. You know, mm -hmm. for the clients that just work, uh, want to work out, I do that. So I'll give you a 30-day plan. You know, you still have access to the app. You know, you knock out the plan. You know, you mark each workout as being complete. You know, at the end, if you want something different, I'll give you another 30-day plan. There's people with specific needs that say, hey, you know, I have this limitation or I prefer to do this. Well, then it becomes more personal. So those clients... Um, I'm putting together plans. You know, well, what what you know pieces of equipment do you have available to you? What's what time of day? You know, what how many how many minutes realistically mm -hmm. a week can you give me? Right. So those are the clients that you know I have to spend a little bit more time with. You know, I may be talking to them on a weekly basis. You know, doing you know Zoom meetings and stuff like that, asking them, hey, how'd this week go? What's our plan for the upcoming week? And then there's also the layer of nutrition. So not only do I do personal training, you know, remotely, but I also offer nutritional guidance. And there's a big difference between nutritional guidance and a registered dietitian. Dietitians can tell people, hey, if you know if you have type 2 diabetes, you should be eating this type of food. I don't do that. I give general guidance. Um, there's a mantra I live to is fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some meat, little starch, no sugar, which is just a play off of the what CrossFit promotes the zone and paleo diet, which was uh, meats and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. I think you should eat a lot of fruit. Uh, I think you should have it throughout the day. And I think uh, although it may give you you know, it might bump up your macronutrient intake for the day. You may be eating a lot of carbs. It's also healthy carbs with the fiber and stuff like that. It's not going to play detriment to your body like, let's say, some sort of like, you know, high sugary food would. But uh, again, nutritional guidance is something that I offer as well. And for clients that need that, you know, come talk to me. We'll put something together for you. Let's say that your podcast partner has been drinking a little more than normal during quarantine. <laughs> this is a Just hypothetical thing that we've all been through at some point in time, right? How uh, how big of an impact does alcohol have on fitness? Oh, my God. I think how big of an impact does alcohol have on society as a whole? I think we'd be a completely different nation if we were just completely sober. Mm. Uh, I don't know if we'd be better or worse, but we'd definitely be different. Um, the thing about alcohol in particular is that it's um, it's seven calories per gram as opposed to fat and um, which is actually nine calories per gram and then carbs and um, protein are four calories per gram right? so it's very calorically dense right um, the thing about alcohol too is that it removes the inhibitions so you know you may want that cheeseburger while you're you know drinking knowing that cheeseburger probably isn't the healthiest choice but eh, you know don't worry not, you know I'll start my routine tomorrow er, Hey, I've decided to have a cheat day as opposed to a cheat meal. So it's a little bit easier to, you know, eat those fried foods and chicken fingers and dunk them in ranch when you're when you're drinking, just because <laughs> those inhibitions are removed. Uh, in, in addition to that, eating while you're drinking, your metabolism comes to a screeching halt. So your body may have the ability to process that food normally, but because you have alcohol in your system in combination with the food, the body is going to process the alcohol first which is why, you know, it goes straight to the bloodstream, and that's why we get drunk, um, and the food is going to kind of sit in the stomach. Well, food that doesn't get digested right away is more likely to turn to fat. You do you it? have a rule of thumb for, for clients who are like, you know, they like to drink, so you're, do you say 
don't have more than two drinks in a No, in I a say five, five drinks a week. Five drinks five a week. Drinks. You, want, you want to crush five beers on a weekend or on Saturday night? Be my guest. You want to have one drink a night you know, during the week? By all means. In terms of just calories, you can overcome that much and still hit the ground running. Um, if you're having more than five drinks a week, you're, you're rolling the dice, but honestly, you're probably not going to achieve you know, optimal fitness, but you're probably not going to get much, much, much better if you're drinking that much. Sure. On the subject of uh, losing inhibitions, I'd say 90% of the times I've ever said, fuck it, alcohol was involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I had some great times. I've had some stuff where I was just like, not a million years would I have done that had alcohol not been involved, but those are some of the best stories, so what are you going to do, you know? There you go. Hey, Coach uh, Andy, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, again, they can find you at coachpots.com. Um, we're going to come back to our last segment, three answers, and we get to the answers to those three questions. Before we do that, though, just very quickly, I um, also want to plug your Facebook and Instagram are at coachpots1. That's coachpots, P-O-T-T-S, 1. And um, you did say you're, uh, you're, you're reachable, right? If people have questions. I mean, normally oh, yeah. your training programs begin with a consultation. You start working with people, talking to them, get to know what their goals are, and then build from there. That's why I set up the website. Um, if you go to chat with Pots, you can book a free 15 or so minute consultation. I'm probably not going to be busy that day, so um, we, it may go longer. But literally, we could do it over the phone. We could do it via Zoom. Um, Facebook, you know, as you know, is an easy way to get a hold of me. I'm always on that thing. So I have a Coach Potts page. You can be my friend on Facebook. And then my email address is super easy, too. It's just andy at coachpots.com. So accessible in a number of ways. And I'll get back to you. Uh, I love and, hearing from people. And you can go to the past workouts and do the do the workouts that are going to get Harry and I ripped. So you oh, guys yeah. can uh, train like the stars. I can say I remembered you when. I knew you when. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, let's get back to our uh, to our final segment, three answers, where we get the real answers to those questions. Uh, I think we have a little more information now. Um, question number one was, how do you define diet? Hari, what did you say? I said macros. <laughs> you did say macros. I um, which I believe overall. that has to do with, like, uh, what, carbs, fats, and protein content in your diet? Mm-hmm. I think it's the overall uh, summation of everything you eat and drink. What would you say the answer to that is, Coach? Uh, you know what? Without getting too crazy involved, I would say if you're talking about a diet, you're talking about a restriction of something. So I think both of you guys are technically correct. but like a, um, I use a more technical term, though, so I feel like we're leading more towards my answer, would you say, Jim? I feel like it wasn't the right oh, technical <laughs> word. Also, so, you interrupted I, him, so... Oh, it just it just depends. It depends on what we're talking about. Like diet could just mean calorie restriction, right? So I'm eating, you know, less than I'm burning off. It could mean, uh, car, you know, low low carbohydrate, low fat diets. Those were huge in the '80s and early '90s, right? So anytime we're talking about a diet in particular, you know, if you're on a uh, vegan diet, that means no animal products whatsoever. You're restricting or completely eliminating that type of, um, in that in the in that sense, animals, right? So. It just means a restriction of something. Awesome. All right, and question number two, what's more important, strength or cardio? James said strength. Yeah, baby. Harry and I are the dum-dums who said cardio. That's a good – that's, that's why I asked that question. I would say um, both are important, but you have to – if you look at the heart as being a muscle and you had to do one thing to live a long life, it's more important that your heart is in good shape. So yes. if you only did cardio – uh, I think you would be better off. You could nah. you'd still be. I mean, look at some of those 90, 100 year old guys. What are you, some kind of expert or something? <laughs> yeah. 
they go they go for long walks they work in the garden you know but they, their heart is in good health that's a lot you're probably going to live a happier healthier life you know with puny arms nonetheless but still <laughs> if you do cardio that being said you can combine strength training and cardio so i've always liked the there was that one meme i saw it said cardio you mean lift weights faster um <laughs> yeah so the guys who jump on the elliptical you know and are barely sweating barely moving um, they're not getting as much as somebody who might be actually lifting weights. They might, might, they're not getting as much out of their routine as somebody who's actually doing something and exerting energy. So just because you're doing strength training doesn't mean you're doing cardio, but I would say making sure that your heart is in good shape is the most important because heart disease is the number one killer in the United States. All right. Thank you. See, James, and, uh, it's not all about the gun show. I mean, we're going we're gonna to cut all that out, so it's fine. <laughs> Uh, and uh, question number three what common element makes boutique gyms like Core Power, CrossFit, Orange Theory etc. so popular and J.J. you want us to give our answers first? Yeah go ahead Harry what did you say? Well I said it was more about having a routine type of workout. And I stole your secondary answer. It was more about the community and bringing people together and accountability from that I don't know if you used the word community the first time around, Jim, but I will tell you community is the answer. I think yeah. that community is the reason that people are willing to pay, you know, $150, $200 a month as opposed to $30 a month to go to, like, you know, Export or LA Fitness or a big box gym, even like Planet Fitness, right? You have $10 options that, you know, give you access to machines and uh, equipment that will get you in great shape but people are willing to spend extra money because they want to belong to something. And the accountability is huge, but the fact that people actually do know your name when you walk through the door and do, like, instructors will talk to you during class. And um, you're paying more money to get that personal attention, but you're also paying to meet other people. You know, once you have that 5 o'clock class, you know, you're not going to miss that 5 o'clock class because you want to be part of that community. Awesome. Uh, Andy, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today, man. Uh, again, go to coachpots.com to learn more. Uh, let them know that we sent you. Uh, Harry and I are going to uh, we gotta pick a workout, Harry. Let's, uh, let's pick one and let's do a workout this week. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. I can't wait. Cannot Andy, wait. <laughs> again, man, thanks so much for joining us. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. It's been a treat. Harry, that was a good interview. I feel like we got a lot of great information out of uh, Andy Pataki today. Yeah, I was surprised by, by a few things, especially after James gave his in-depth analysis on why strength training is more important. I was like, I, I was for sure we were wrong. I mean, <laughs> look, okay, I'm not an expert. I'm just very big and strong, so don't let that speak to anything, you know? Oh, that's great. What I do, I mean, Andy's answer certainly makes sense also, but the one thing that I always, I've, I've heard on the other side once you guys started talking about it is, you know, strength training does exercise the heart, like Andy said, right? It does work the heart yeah. versus, you know, more so than the other way around. But uh, but fantastic conversation. Um, Harry, I threw you under the bus, and I didn't even mean to. I have a quick story I want to tell you um, that I forgot about until later. After I made fun of you for uh, calling it a touchdown pass... Yes, um, I remember. <laughs> I remembered a story from probably, I, I'd guess, fifth grade. Me and my pals were at a chess tournament, and, uh, you know, as you do between chess games, uh, we were going outside to play football. And uh, some of the sixth graders were like, hey, we want to play too. And we were like, okay. And they were like, it's tackle. And I was scared, you know, because there were sixth graders. <laughs> 
and I scored my only <laughs> touchdown, but here's how it happened. Oh, no. Uh, I caught a pass, and then I was scared because one of the sixth graders was about to hit me. <laughs> so I took a knee, like, to give myself up, <laughs> and he just, like, jumped right over me. <laughs> And everyone's just like, get up. I was like, what? They're like, go. <laughs> so I got up, and I ran into the end zone for the saddest touchdown in history. Wow. I couldn't even surrender effectively. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And meanwhile, I made fun of you for calling it a touchdown pass. I'm sorry for being the worst co-host ever. I got a lot going on. I have a, I'll share a similar story real quick. Uh, did I tell you about how I was on a soccer team in Canada? What? No, what the fuck? <laughs> I was on, my, my cousin lives in Canada, and uh, I used to go there um, when I was younger. I went there, I spent the summers there in the sixth grade and the seventh grade, and I joined his soccer team um, with him, and I, I scored the game-winning goal. And what happened, it was really cool. It, it Like, I head-butted the ball into the goal. That's what looked like what happened. <laughs> what actually happened was the opposing team kicked the ball, and it was headed right towards me. And I just couldn't get out of the way in time, and it smacked right into my head. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And by pure coincidence... <laughs> happened to like, go into the goal. <laughs> So I know how you feel. Uh, I hope we never stop learning about each other. You know that? That's, that's what this podcast is really all about. <laughs> Just out-nerd one another over and over again. Um, I thought it was really interesting, too, about how, um, because you, you hear over and over about how, you know, carbs, lower your carbs if you want to reduce fat, lower your carbs. And then, you know, me being a vegetarian and all now. Jesus. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ask. That's all I wanted to say. Thank okay, you. Good. <laughs> it's the deserved. All right. James, you still uh how you doing? You still doing a day job? Uh yeah. Um, we, we can't say that after the things that have gone I've, on in this podcast. I've said it so many times on other podcasts. I don't give a shit. Uh but yeah, it's you know, I add coupons to a website. Um it's the most pointless thing that a human being can do and I feel like a complete <laughs> waste of time every time I log in at seven in the morning, Sunday through Thursday. It is a stupid, stupid thing oh that God. no one should be paid money for or have to do ever. I was like, How can you be so angry? And then you said seven AM Sunday to Thursday and I was like, Oh, okay. Yo! Totally get it. It's the worst. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's our show. Uh, <laughs> as always, I want to thank Harry Rao and James <laughs> Webb, uh, our guest, Coach Potts, Andy Pataki. Uh, thanks for putting up with our nonsense. We hope you're doing well during the quarantine. Big thank you to all the essential workers out there who are busting their asses so uh, we can get the stuff we need. And uh, I hope you guys remain safe. Anything else anyone you want to say? That was a terrible sentence. I'll try that in <laughs> Is there anything that any of you would like to say? Hopefully by the next time I talk to you, I will have completed my first round puzzle. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>